This episode is brought to you by Amps Gaming and Rap Commentary. <laughs> Got one. Watch out, man. I just set her up. Y'all don't even know it. This episode of the regular podcast is brought to you by Amps Gaming and Rap Commentaries. My man is way better at freestyling than Shay just tried to do right oh there. God. He's nice with it. Go to YouTube, the search bar, Amps. That's A-M-P, apostrophe, oops. A M P H apostrophe S gaming and rap commentaries. We get into it. But 99.99% of the time, the psychiatrist, a doctor, does not know for a medical scientific fact that you suffer from a brain disease. I'm super excited because a lot of shit's going on right now. <laughs> I got Shay with me again. We about to rush through this. We're going to give you a 32-second podcast, and we're going to be out of here. Now I'm playing with you. Yeah, All right, right, so Shay, what's good? Nothing much. Nothing a lot much of stuff good. going on, so. What's going on in your life? All right, I'm going to stop Not acting like we don't live together. Every week, I, I mean, every time Shay is on here, I say, Shay, what's going on with you? I know everything happening with Shay. Yeah, that's why it's so weird when you say it. I'm always like, why are you asking me? This is me? one you thing about that. Shay. Shay is... Not realizing that we're talking to millions of people out there. You know what I'm saying? She just thinks she's talking to me. And really, uh, I'm trying to get her to understand we're having a conversation with the folks. Right. So, like I said, Shay, what's up? Well, we just came back from the movies. Um, we went to go see Moonlight. And what else did we do today? Well, yeah, we just went to the movies. All right. So, look, we're going to get into Moonlight, man. But look, for now... I've been cool. How y'all doing? You know, I'm always cool. Anyway. What's going on in your life? Nothing. All right, so look, we got to get into... Um, <laughs> wow, okay. Don't, don't wow me, Jack. So anyway, we about to get into it. Because you know, Cole, J, J. Cole dropped some music the other day. Well, he dropped this like 39-minute docu-movie musical thing. And it was amazing. It's on titles, probably on a lot of other places. But I, I you know... It's just ti- on title. Ti- no, it's some other places because they taking it for however way they're doing it. I don't know how they're doing it. Anyway... Um, you know, title is black owned. It's owned by the Panther Project, which is a company started by Hove. So, you know, we we doing black owned over here. I don't know what y'all doing with the. I don't know what y'all doing. If y'all messing with Apple, you violating anyway. <laughs> or Spotify for all my international listeners. I know y'all listen to Spotify more than anything. Um, so J Cole dropped. He has something on there called. He had um, part of the Eyes documentary or movie, whatever it's called. He had a thing called, um, a, a song called Everybody Must Die. Joint was hot. That was a general shot at the world. Pretty much taking shots at everybody. He's saying y'all all tightened up, man. Especially you little what's. He said little so-and-so. Whatever he said, he's making mention yeah, of these people Uzi, that are not. He, and all of yeah, all the new rappers that ain't really rapping right. Even the older rappers that ain't rapping right. He, t- he, he said something about like old head, old head fellows that's, you know, trying to act like they, like they the shit is knit. And he said he wasn't feeling it. So everybody must die as a shot at the world. That's not the, that one. That's not the big polarizing one, though. The one that y'all need to hear if you haven't heard, but I'm sure you heard it. If you listen to my podcast, you probably listen to rap, too, even though I don't rap. False Prophets. J. Cole, False Prophets is the, is the song that came out and pretty much stopped the rap world. And it's tracks for a second. It's just to digest it. Now, how did you feel about Frost Pop- <laughs> Frost Prophet? <laughs> False, False Prophet shit. 
How'd you feel about it when you first heard it, though? Uh, I thought it was... I feel like the first verse... Well, I heard the first verse first. I didn't hear... I didn't hear the whole song at first, so I thought it was just a Kanye West uh, diss. I thought it was a little, you know, boring. It was the truth. We all th- uh, thinking the same thing. I feel like we're all thinking the same thing, but it was just kind of boring. So um, you thought it was boring? I did. I, I thought that, that verse was kind of boring. I thought the whole song was actually boring, but... um. The second verse was clearly about Wale. I don't think it's I don't think it's a ver um a diss, but I think it was definitely about Wale. But overall, I think the song was just you know, all right. The truth. I mean, people thinking the same thing. So yeah, uh, and a lot of people don't talk about the third verse. The third verse was him talking about himself. So uh, I didn't even get that far. Yeah, a lot of people didn't <laughs> listen to that. Like, so um, <clears throat> like yeah, I I agree with what you said about it. I mean. But to me, uh, most of J. Cole's music is boring to me. So mm-hmm. it's not that I don't like him. He's a good rapper, but it's not it's not um, exciting music. It's just regular, basic, relatable music. Like It's right. almost like if somebody had a reality show and they didn't stage events, that would be right. J. Cole's music. It would be like a regular day. I woke up, I brushed my teeth, I went to work, I came home. Like J. Cole's music is Tuesday. <laughs> if, 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 if uh, let's say... If if Lil Uzi Vert was like Friday night, J Cole's definitely Tuesday afternoon <laughs> music. Like, but that's not a shot at J Cole. You know, I know a lot of people that like J Cole, and I'm not. I mean, I'm, no, I'm, and I like J Cole. I'm cool with I'm know. cool with J Cole too. You know, he he's down with the rock. He's down yeah. with the baby and of the rock, the so, Rockefeller you know. uh, dynasty. He's a baby of that, so I'm cool with that. But let's get into what he was saying in this thing and why people. So you say you can see why people say it's not a diss. Now, what do, yeah, why do you see that? I'd, well, based on what I've been seeing people say, I've just been seeing a lot of people saying, like, they felt like the first verse was just kind of like trying to keep your homie, you know, together, get your homie together. Like, yo, know, you, you, you're wilding, you're doing some stupid stuff, we love you, and you you just turning your back on us and all that. I didn't see it like that. I felt like it was clearly a diss because when you call somebody's music whack, like, he said, oh, he's, you know what he said about Wale. He never said his music was whack. He said, he's great and everybody knows it. We know you're great. Yeah. So. The, the, um, dang, I lost my train of thought. What was that? <laughs> uh, what you said, um, he said the, um, damn. What'd you say? Oh, what we talking what? about? Are you serious? I really don't know. Like, I just went blank. <laughs> well, he said that his music was trash. He said that Kanye West's oh, music was shit. trash. What in the world just happened to me? Oh, my God. I do that sometimes, yo. It's a flashback. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yo, J. Cole said in this joint that Kanye was putting out half-assed music. He yeah. said, justifying that half-assed shitty drop, we always buy it. Now, why is it? Oh, Oh, I know what I was about to say. People keep on saying that J. Cole was just talking to his friend about some issues that everybody's thinking. <laughs> when did J. Cole and Kanye ever say they was friends? He didn't say that in the verse. He didn't say, because in the second verse, I'll get into yeah, it too. He said, homie. my homie. He said, I got a homie that rap. In the first verse, he didn't say nothing about homie, friend, brother, big brother, nothing. He said, maybe it's my fault for idolizing. He said, I shouldn't have looked up to that. That's what he said. He, he sounded like he had remorse, or not remorse, but regret for even putting Kanye on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounded like to me. He well, didn't sound he like this. And he also said he didn't write his rhymes. Yeah, and, like that's a diss. And Any then other time, you just style biting and just all yeah, kind of stuff. I'm going to get so. into that, but I just wanted to say the part about, excuse me, about uh, 
why does everybody keep on saying that Kanye that that J Cole was just talking to his homeboy? Like that's not. I never. I mean, listen. At what point did these people say they was friends? That's what I want to know. So once y'all go find that part where they said they were friends, then let me know because I don't remember that. Well, part. even if they did, he didn't. He didn't start it by saying he's my friend. He don't have to, like, but they could just. He say didn't, but he did. He made a point to do it in the second. I'm verse. just saying, even if even if he didn't say it and they were still friends, I want somebody to go find it and let me know where these two people said they was friends. Everybody that's around our age is a fan of Kanye, so of course J Cole was a fan of Kanye. Yes, he idolized J, uh, Kanye. Most of the people around my age did. And I'm, in, I'm mid-20s. Um, J. Cole is late 20s, early 30s. So all of us are big fans of Kanye. That's just how it goes. So that's why he sounds like a fan in that verse. He definitely don't sound like a friend, though. Now, that's another thing that people keep saying. Sounds it's like a not disappointed a, fan. It's not a diss because it's the truth. Just because something is the truth does not make it. Don't that's mean what it's makes not a diss. diss. It's great. Yeah, the best the diss. When, when, when they came out calling Jay-Z big lip and all this stuff, is that a fact or is that not a fact? That's a fact. You talking about how big his lips is? He looked like the camel dude from the cigarette, Joe Cam or whatever. That's, That's a diss. Fact. That's a fact. He looked like him for real. He don't look like the camel. No, he does not. Jay Z used to look like the camel. <laughs> he might not look like it now, but he used to though. Yes or no? I don't think. When I they think said he just it, he has did. a big lip. He has big lips. Oh, his big face. Nose. He just yeah, looked like it. Okay, I don't really think. But um, just like Issa and Daniel look like each other. We'll get they into do. that one of these days. <laughs> On, on Insecure, hey, y'all got to figure that out. Why does Issa and Daniel look alike? They look just, they look, they look like, like they to could you, be right? brothers. Yes. They look like to I me. think we said that at the same time. Yeah, we, we did, because it's weird. It's <laughs> kind of weird seeing them interact like that, and they yes, look the same. they do. And we realized it in the, what is that, the first episode when they yeah, kissed we, in the car. Yeah, yeah, right. That was, that was weird. But anyway, yeah, was let's weird. get back to this, this diss. Okay, so Kanye and J. Cole, I don't think they're friends, so this is a diss, because if you say all of this stuff uh, as a rapper... When you say something that's opposing what another rapper said about himself, that is a criteria for a diss track. If I say I'm a genius and you say you got people thinking you're a genius and you're putting out half-ass music, that's called opposition to what you just said. That makes it a diss track. By definition, that makes it a diss track according to my standards. And most of the time throughout rap history, y'all consider that a diss track. Now, today, is not a diss track because J. Cole was just disappointed, and it's true. It's always been true. When, Cam <laughs> when, um, when Cameron said he did the whole campaign on Jay-Z being a biter, and he did the, I'm not a writer, I'm a biter, mm -hmm. and, he, and he did his long list of stuff that Jay-Z took from Biggie Smalls, that was clearly a diss. <laughs> so why when J. Cole says the thing about, um, he's, the line that he said about Kanye was, uh, he said, Come to find out these niggas don't even write this shit. Hear a new style bubbling up and they bite this shit. That's a diss in rap. As a rapper, you can't be a biter. That's part of it. Now, having ghostwriters, that don't make you a biter. But when you're taking people's style, mm -hmm. that makes you a biter. Somebody says it, somebody calls you out on being a biter, that's called a diss. I don't care what y'all talking about. Matter of fact, I do care what you're talking about. That's why I'm here to correct you. I'm here for you guys. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So if you call a rapper a biter, he's you're dissing him, okay? The the um, last thing I wanted to talk about what he said about Kanye, he said, um, while the world's egging him on, I'm begging him to stop it. Listening to his old shit, listening playing his old shit, knowing he won't top it. That's him saying, man, Kanye will never get back. And then the the way you know there's confirmation that he's not saying he's not just saying if Kanye continues on the path. He won't get back to it. He's saying, I know he's not going to top that. 
In the third verse, he said, I'm listening to my old shit, knowing I can top it. That's confirmation that the first shot that he threw, that the last shot he threw at Kanye was definitely a shot saying Kanye is pretty much done. He's done making that great music that we love. And this whole verse was about regretting ever idolizing that man. That's what it was all about. I'm regretting idolizing. Not, hey, man, you're my friend. I hope you get it together. Yes, he hit him with the line that um, he said um, what's bigger than that is that he needs help. He said something like that, yeah, but he didn't say it like a friend would say it. He said it like somebody that's on the outside looking in is somebody that's doing something stupid. That's how I heard it. Now, the second verse. The second verse, he's talking to my guy, Wale. You agree? I agree. We all just kind of speculating because he never said his name, right? Right. Right. So what if the second verse was about Kanye? We don't know. We think it's about Wale because it sounds... It's definitely not about Kanye. I'm just, the reason I say that is because it applies to both. Kind of both verses kind of apply to both people. Only reason I said we don't know and we're assuming that it's about Wale is because it sounds like somebody who feels unappreciated in rap. Mm -hmm. But I always felt like Kanye felt like he was unappreciated in rap. Right, but... But he, but Kanye. The difference is Kanye clearly knows he has fans. Wale doesn't think. I feel like Wale Kanye don't feel like he has what he should. Cause the some of the rants he go on, he act like people don't recognize him. He be like, "Y'all don't see what I'm trying to do. Y'all don't. I, I spent thirteen no, million he, of my own money. I did. Like no, he acting he, like people don't, ain't said, watching. I'm I'm Disney. I'm oh, he Walt just Disney. started saying I that. I am this person. Like no, cause he's people, saying like people. You know people love no, Kanye. No, he knows he has a huge fan base. No, cause Kanye probably feel like he's still in Jay Z's shadow. Okay. You feel like he's bigger than Jay Z or not? No. Yes, sir. I mean, I don't. I don't think he's bigger than Jay Z. I don't think it's. I don't think he's. Every time Kanye's name, it's hard for Kanye to get away from Jay Z's name. I don't think so. Is he bigger than Jay Z or not? That doesn't. That doesn't mean you're not. You're bigger. You're not. Why bigger not? Jay Z barely even actively raps. How can you not be bigger than somebody that don't even put music out? I'm talking. I mean, maybe it's. I don't know. I'm thinking about Jay Z's legacy. So Jay Z period, right Jay-Z now. Jay Z period. Yes, yes. Kanye I do bigger? think he's bigger. Yes. Okay. Well, I don't think Kanye feels like that because I feel like he's looked at as the little guy to the situation. Even though he got his own label, even though he's active and he's putting stuff out, and he sells millions still. He can still sell a million. He can still pack a, um, a, an arena. All right. I still don't feel like Kanye feels like. He's that big. So I think the second verse... I don't think he's verse, comparing himself to Jay-Z. Either. I don't think he is either. I think everybody just looks at him as Jay-Z's little guy. Eventually so. you... Huh? I don't think so. Okay, well, you don't think that then. I don't see... Uh, I don't... I wouldn't... As long as Kanye been in and how people talk about him, him and Jay-Z should be on the same level. But I don't think they are. Jay-Z's like... I don't even think people... People look at him as like a little brother to this man. And he even made a song about it. However, the second verse is about Wale. That's what we speculate. That's what we guess. He never said his name, but Wale's response makes me think that J. Cole talked to Wale about it. Mm-hmm. It makes me think that. So let's talk about J. Cole's verse now. This is how we know that these guys are cool as opposed to the first verse with Kanye and, and J. Cole. Um, what's his name? Cole starts the verse out with, I got a homie, he a rapper, he want to win bad. I got a homie. He's a rapper. Okay, so he's established. Meaning it's not Kanye because Kanye has won on, on too many different No, levels. listen, though. People, uh, uh, um, the, the, I got a homie. He's establishing right there. This person I'm talking about is my friend or homie, at least, whatever. Industry friend, whatever you want to call it. They feel close enough that they can rap to each other and it'd be no bad blood because this is what they just did, right? 
and then he hit him. He can't. I'm just gonna go down the line and, and we'll just talk about what he did. So, goddamn nigga, you too blind to see you got fans, nigga. And we know we um Wale been kind of on a little whiny thing for for some years now, mm-hmm. which I think is warranted what he says. But I he's still a millionaire though. I think it's warranted that people are, are not recognizing Wale because every time he puts a single out though, it's not lyrical. It's like a, a song for the ladies. So people don't know that Wale can actually rap with the best. In my opinion, Wale is the most underrated. But he can rap with the best of them as far as lyrics go. But he just is, I don't know if people don't know that or if they just say, since this is what's popular, this is what we want from you. Don't do all of that other stuff you try to do, Wale. Stick to the Jeremiah's and the, and the Lotus Flower Bomb and, the, and all that stuff. Maybe they just want him to stick to that. I don't know. But I think... Wale is the most underrated. He's very lyrical. So J. Cole is saying, chill out with all of that. You're bigger than, not that you're bigger than you think, but it's like, yo, you got a lot of love out here. Right. Stop whining about people not giving you credit. He said he says something like, um, uh, 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 Wale is having an issue because he is not getting the love he thinks he, he deserves from the legends or whoever he said like that. And J. Cole is telling him, like, yo, relax, man. People love you. Why are you why are you acting like you acting like you still on the come up or you're an underground artist or something? You probably you sold millions of records. I don't know if he sold millions of records. He sold millions of singles. You know, um, he has a hit every time he puts something a CD out. There's a major hit on a CD that gets a lot of radio play. Except this last CD. What last CD? The last city he put out. Uh, yes, was, he did. What was the hit? Uh, my body is on that CD. Your body? No, no, no. He got. It's called. It's with Jeremiah. Is it called Body? I think it is called. Maybe body. it is. And okay. the joint with Usher. Right. Okay. So two songs, okay. but they both yeah, for women. It. It's you like they it, both yeah. are not like lyrical. Um, right. See, when I hear those CDs, I don't even listen. Those, to Those he always put them last, except for right. Lotus Flower Bomb was number five on Ambition, but mm-hmm. most of the time he put songs like that at the end of the CD. Right. You know okay. what I'm saying? So it kind of like you, he trying to get you to listen to all his lyrics before you even get to the popular song. And I think people just don't buy a CD, period. They just okay with just hearing his music on the radio. I feel like he just cursed his whole uh, career when he put that Lady Gaga song out. Cursed in the beginning, Like in the first, for, as his first single? I mean. I, I feel like that just messed his whole career up. Like putting that out, that, that wasn't a good representation of of Wale, actually, that song was annoying as heck. Nobody liked it. He said he didn't even like I, it. That I, was his first. That was the first. That might have been the first put. CD, but he had the joint with Gucci Man right at the same time, though. That was, was that was like after. Like, yeah, but it was around that same. They was both flowing and like in the right. 08. He was out. I mean, I don't think he cursed himself with that. I did. But, I do. But um, I just think people don't. We talked about this. People don't understand DC culture. He's the first rapper ever out of DC. Mm-hmm. People don't understand that. Why is he talking like that? It just don't sound right to people who are not really listening for that kind of music. And I think that that is the biggest disconnect between Wale and people who normally say they like lyrics. If you like lyrics, then you should love Wale because that's what he is. He got the popular stuff on the radio, but if you listen to his CDs... But then though, again, he does not help people who aren't familiar with him. With his like, When it comes to his antics, he's not helping it because he does come off like... I love... I like his music, but... Wale is so whiny and annoying. and But it hasn't always been that, though. It's been there for a while. It hasn't. Because okay. if you think okay. about, like, when the, when the Twitter blow up. 
within the last four years. Okay, Wale was so within the last four that. years, he's been whining. What about four years before that when attention deficit didn't sell? People say that's his best CD. That didn't sell. Okay. For four years, he's been whining. Okay, either he started complaining so, because he was putting out great music and people weren't trying to hear what he was saying. If you listen to more about well, nothing, not the mix to listen by crying. The I mix, mean. he's not crying. He's okay. putting out great music. He's been consistently putting out good music. People just ain't listening. You might not like it. When I, I listen love to, it. When I you listen know to, I love Wale. But I, when I listen to More About Nothing, the mixtape from 2010, right. great music. I didn't even, I wasn't a fan on a Tidget Deficit yet. I got a fan on More About Nothing. That took me right there. So J. Cole is telling Wale, come on, bro. Stop with the whining. You're good. But then I like how J. Cole also said as a, as a friend, he said, in a sense, I can relate the need to be great that turns into an obsession to keep a nigga up late. He's saying, like, I'm feeling what Wale is feeling, too, but I don't let it bring me down. You know what I'm saying? I just, I don't care what people feel. I just write from the heart. Like, you just said his song was born. I feel like his music is basic, but he don't care. He just what? make what he feel like making. He's telling Wale. Listen. No, what I'm saying is he telling Wale, you shouldn't care. That's, I think, Wale's biggest issue. He tried to make popular crap like that Summer on Sunset. I didn't feel, I wasn't liking that at all. I felt like he was trying to be popular, and it didn't sound good to me. It didn't sound like Wale. And J. Cole was saying, listen, this is my homie. He a rapper. He got these issues. I feel him a little bit, but I don't let it get to me. That's how you talk to your friend when you're talking to your friend on a song. You don't tell him his music is half-assed, and you don't say you looking at everybody else like you real and everybody else fake when that's not the case. That means if everybody else... Is not fake, and you're not real, you're fake. So he pretty much called Kanye fake. He didn't say nothing close to that on this on this um, verse to, uh, to Wale. And he didn't even end the verse the way he ended the first and the third verse. Like I said before, as a writer, y'all, as people who, who write, when you're going with a theme... You go like he ended the verse saying false prophets, but he didn't end it with the I'm listening to your old shit knowing you won't top it theme. He ended it a different way. The first verse he said, listening to your old shit, knowing you won't top it. The third verse he said, I'm listening to my old shit, knowing I could top it. But the second verse is his friend, so he won't say that. You know why? Because that would be wild to say you can't make any more good music. It would be crazy to say that. Now we get into Wale's response. Once again, you can tell this is a friend talking to a friend. It's not a diss. Big differences between how you talk to friends and how you talk to people you're dissing. You kind of try to embarrass a friend by saying things like, you always biting people's style. What? Every time a new style bubble up, you bite the you shit. You said you kind of try to embarrass a friend. That's embarrassing. No, no, no. You, you said a friend. Huh? If you embarrass your friend, you'll say something crazy. That's a diss. Okay. Like if me, if, if your homeboy, let's say your homeboy got a STD and y'all in public. Yes, it might be true, but why would you yell it to everybody else that he got an STD? That's a diss. If this is your friend... Why would you say that? So I don't think it's his friend. There's no reason to talk like that. So in the, in Wale's response to him, he kind of, his shots wasn't, I mean, he really established that they was friends at the end of the song by saying, um, he says something like, uh, rest in peace, Tommy, we still bumping cold. I don't, you know who Tommy is? I know who Tommy is. What's that? Martin. Oh, he, oh, oh Wale is colder than I thought he was. Come on now. <laughs> you is colder than I thought he was. I thought that was one of J. Cole's homeboys or something. Nah, Tommy. Martin. <laughs> Cole. <laughs> I would have had to listen to that a thousand times. <laughs> it is. Cause you know, nah, because I'm thinking that was an inside um, 
like some inside thing because I don't listen to J. Cole, so I'll be thinking like I'm lost on everything that right. J. Cole got going on. So, uh, that, that's why I love Wale, man. <laughs> You're so supposed nice. to be on it now. Nah, because I don't, I don't, when I think I don't know something, I don't even try because I'll be like, oh, I don't know who Tommy is. Oh. And you know what's crazy? On Facebook, a bunch of statuses saying, rest in peace, Tommy. But at least right. I'll just, <laughs> it just went over my head. Like, I'll be thinking too deep, y'all. I'm sorry. Y'all just y'all just got to witness me having an epiphany. I didn't. And that rhyme, witness me having. All right, so, uh, so I mean, <laughs> I guess Tommy is not some one of J. Cole's friends with my dumb ass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> with my dumb ass. What is wrong with me, yo? <laughs> Tommy just died, too. That's yes. crazy. Yo, y'all, I'm stupid for real. See, I'm deep on the rap beef, but something basic, I just don't catch it. Like, the, all the basic shit go over my head. Like, oh, like I said, you be reaching. I don't reach. You I reach just pass. I don't reach. I didn't the, think nothing about it. I just thought it was somebody that I didn't know about. Because I'm just, okay. like, I really be out of out of touch with J. Cole's music. So, you know what I'm saying? That was more beautiful wordplay from Wale that got a, yes. a foolish person like me. Because, you know, anyway, <laughs> I really thought Tommy was one of J. Cole homeboys. I'm a fool. I'm a fool. <laughs> All right, um, what else he said? Um, J, uh, Wale, one of Wale's ver uh, first lines in the song, he said, behind them crooked smiles, niggas neglect to embrace me. You know, I like that. That's how you start off. That's how you get people ready to hear some realness. You know what I'm saying? Because you know who the crooked smile god is. It's J. Cole. He made people feel good about the crooked smile. Mm -hmm. You know, J. Cole, he, he give, he give, you know, like I said, his music is basic, but his okay. regular, it's very relatable. You can, you can feel J. Cole's music. I feel Wale's more, but you can feel J. Cole's music. So Wale goes on to say, um, now I just thought this was a hard line. <laughs> you know, I, so I'm going to say it. He said, doctors say it's bipolar disorder. He's been diagnosing me wrong. It's obviously depression. It's depressing counting blue faces. Now, that's just hard to me. Like, he, doctors say I got bipolar, but it's depressing with these blue faces around me. Blue face, hunters, depressing. Blue faces. It's like you blue in the face. You know the blues. All of, everything dealing with blue. But you talking about hundred dollar bills though. Mm -hmm. He's he he throwing shots at his at it. That was hard to me. Like mm -hmm. I just I like I like the wordplay. The same thing with the Tommy Cole thing. That was hard to me. Right. That's hard. Now that you now that you enlightened me. <laughs> you supposed to hit me with the stay woke, but you didn't. So no, you know. I the time, his his Wale's wordplay is wow, it's crazy to me. Right. Like I just it's, it's cold. Uh now now um another line and this is making J. Cole's point. Wale didn't even get it. J. Cole just told him, relax, you don't have to just chill. J. Cole, I mean uh, Wale comes through and says, I remember me and Cole would open for Hove. Every day a star's born, guess I died in the womb. Wale. You didn't die in the womb. You just didn't make it on Blueprint 3. That's what Cole is trying to tell you. Yo, chill out, man. You not go. Everybody does different things. Your fans like what they like. J. Cole's fans like what they like. Jay-Z picked J. Cole and then he ran with it. That was all that was. He's saying stop feeling you bad for yourself. You think looking back at it now, you think Jake, uh, if Jay-Z could do it all over, you think he would pick Wale, I mean, uh, J. Cole of Wale? No, Wale was kind of already a, a, on sign to a major. He was an established artist already. He just wasn't big. Um, J. Cole, I mean, nah, J. Cole is probably more of Jay-Z's speed. He probably was done with the Kanye types, man. Wale would be a Kanye no. type. He don't want that no more. He needed a stable person under him. He wasn't. He hasn't been known to have stable people. You go from Cameron and Beanie Siegel and all these people. Yo, I need stability. Let me get J. Cole. J. Cole is the perfect, like, J. Cole is... 
more talkative maybe than Jay Z, but he's like Jay Z. He might not. He don't have the drug dealer background. I mean, he's like he's a he's calm not guy. Not really though. He's boring. He's not fly like Jay Z. Fly. Jay Z wearing t-shirts. And he got Jay Z got demeanor. I'm not demeanor, talking about his t-shirt. I'm talking I'm about fly. the cars. He raps about the cars. On, that talk, kind of because he don't have the background Jay Z has. He come from he got a white mom trailer park. Where where's Jay Cole from? He's from Fayetteville. They don't got trailer parks they in Fayetteville. Have, they have trailer parks. Okay, in so why do you that don't mean like, is he from that? I'm, asking. I mean, I'm yeah. saying he don't have the background coming from money. Jay Z had was rich before rap. He was street but hood Jay-Z's rich. But Jay Z from the projects. He was hood is rich before rich? rap, huh? I mean, unless you don't believe Jay Z stories. Now I you said Jay Z's from the projects. That's what I said. But if he said he came into this mother f a hundred grand strong nine to be exact, it's nine hundred thousand good money for the streets. It is. Okay then, so Jay Z was hood rich before he came to rap. Did J Cole ever rap that line? No, he didn't. Okay, not. he didn't. If coming up under Jay Z, if you had any kind of money, you would have you would have said something similar. I'm just saying that's it's not the same. It just wasn't. Like, what I'm saying is, I think like Jay Z, I think Cole is more like Hove than Kanye or any other act that was under Jay Z. He's not a big personality. He's Jay Z just happened to blow up because people took to him at that time in history. If Jay Z came out now, he would not be big. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't work in today's time. It worked when it worked because that was the style. Either way though, Jay, uh, Wale said, Wale said, I remember me and Cole was on tour, was opening for Hove. Every day a star is born. I guess I died in the womb. No, you didn't die in the womb, dude. Chill out. This is what this is. Uh, you just making his point. <clears throat> Another the line after that, or not after that, but the line that I marked down. Still, I drink hard liquor to forget my thoughts. Again, why are you feeling like you're failing? Because this is something else he was talking about on the Breakfast Club, talking about. If his next CD don't do whatever numbers, yeah, he was going to kill himself. Yeah, like, what is he? I don't know what he's looking for. I know what he's looking for because I know Ambition. If y'all listen to the CD Ambition, number four, Legendary. Very good song. That's what Wale wants to acclaim. He wants everybody to talk about him. He wants his name to live forever because people are talking about him forever. I don't think Wale is as obsessed with the millions of dollars he made. I think he wants people to recognize him. I don't know if it's like he wants the attention on him. I just think he wants people when they bring up top who who they feel like is like top five active or whatever. I mean, I think he wants his name class, to be in though. it. That, that class he's in is like that class is amazing. The class right. he came up in right. is amazing. Now y'all need to y'all need to think about this. The class Wale is in, and if Wale is the low man on that class, that's good because that that all them dudes is up there. Wale, Drake, Meek, Cole. Um, Big Sean. Wiz Khalifa, Big Sean. This is, it's probably no class of, of eight people that came out around the same time that was all that hot and success, successful and still going right now. All of them dudes are still making moves, and they all went their own way. Wiz Khalifa was in the top 20 hip-hop earners every year. Uh, Drake is in the top 20 every year. Wale's still doing really, his thing. Though, even Nicki got big around that yeah, time Yeah, Nicki well, too, so though. So Nicki's in that same class with them. And matter of fact, they was close back then, too. And they do music together. So, Nikki too. Like, that class, man, there's no class like that. That's why probably why Wale feels so unsuccessful sometimes. When you look at Drake, that'll make you feel... You can't compare yourself to this dude. Drake is an international star now. He's from Canada. He's not even from America. That's almost like a, 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 a positive check mark for you off the jump for people all over the world. They don't want Americans running everything. When they finally see somebody running rap that's not American, they can't wait to jump on that bandwagon. That's... Anyway, so when Colt went, when, when, um, now people don't bring up Wiz Khalifa's name as like top rappers every year, but people see Wiz Khalifa's name 
in them hip hop earners list every year though. Mm-hmm. Wale is not in the top. He they not call like he he feels like they're not saying his name enough. Period. And I know I'm talking about Wale a lot. I'm a big fan. I'm gonna try to get off this guy. <laughs> Damn, we didn't even get into mental health and rap. We didn't. No, nah, cause you didn't. You missed a, you missed that line too about uh. Oh yeah. Yeah, you gotta you gotta talk about that line. Okay, one last part about like I feel like I've been talking about yeah. Wale for so long. You are. Twenty minutes. All right, y'all. When I say I'm a Wale fan, like I'm, I'm a big Wale fan, man. So Some I. like randomly, I go on Twitter rants about why people ain't <laughs> respecting Wale. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I really feel it that why is his name not being brought up? And when they talking about these these hot people, like I don't feel like. All right, anyway, let me let me go past that. Wale said not to cause a situation, but what side of my biracial friends is calling me nigga? That was so. That was that was nice. That was foul. That was nice. If pe- what, what if people take that and s- he said not to cause a situation? He might he might as well said not to cause a situation, but I'm about to cause a situation. <laughs> but the thing about it is Wale. I ain't trying to just say like, nothing. Just like just like just like Charlemagne be saying, people just overlook him. They probably not. They probably they gonna hear this song a couple times and ain't gonna listen no more. Right. So that line where he said, "Which side of my biracial friends calling me nigga?" That was kind of that was pushing <laughs> the line because he could have caused some problems for J Cole. Yeah, He's he pushed. Could. He went too far with that. I one. think I think that's still like. They're still like cool for him to even say that. Like, of course, because at the end of the joke. song, he said, "Um, he said I see you in rally at the game." He and said, they "That's are, more ammo." Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So that's that's what let me know. I feel like they talked to each other before J Cole even put that song out. I think yeah. they talked. Yeah. While they was in the studio last night though, because he was on Snapchat recording this song that just came out, which the song while they came out with right now, so. the song that um while they came out with is called Groundhog's Day. So y'all y'all go listen to that man while they spitting that that crack. Of course. All right. <clears throat> now, this brings me to a larger situation now. Because I feel like y'all is a little bit shaky on what mental health issues is are and what mental illness is. It's like y'all don't want to recognize somebody is mentally ill if they don't say it. Mm-hmm. Why does Kanye have to say, hey, I have depression? For y'all to know, you can look at this man and tell something is going on mentally. That he's not, he's he been probably breaking down for years now. Not even probably. We've been watching him break down for years. You know you're breaking down when you're trying to walk away from paparazzi and you walk into a street sign. That's still one of the stupidest things you could, like, he walked into a street sign. Did he cut his head over or something? I don't, excuse me, I don't even know, man, but Kanye been breaking down. Now, when Drake said what he said about Kid Cudi, which was you stay zan and perked up so when things happen in the world, you ain't got to face it. People went crazy dissing Drake, saying Drake is insensitive, calling them all kind of names or whatever, right? Because Kid Cudi was in a mental institute getting help or rehab, whatever you want to call it. Because mm-hmm. he said he was depressed. Now, when J. Cole did all of this, he went on this rant, this this um, lyrical rant about Kanye West. Everybody's saying, nah, it's not a diss. It's good. It's the truth. It's X, Y, Z. What Drake said about uh, Kid Cudi was the truth, too. He's running from his issues in different ways. I think what people, one thing I saw people were saying, and I understand, I, I, never mind, I don't really understand it, is Kid Cudi were, was in a position in a rehab, in rehab where he was in the issue, he was in a, a position where he could not fight back. Like, it just wasn't, it wasn't really a fair shot. And Drake does that. He usually gets people when, when, like with the Meek situation, Meek could have probably put out something, but he did that. He was 
he dissed him back when Meek was on no. tour. No, I'm no, just, no. Meek started me, it me, while he was on finish. tour. I'm just saying, the reason why people feel like they just, that kid, that was a, a low blow for Kid Cudi was because he was in a position where he couldn't, he couldn't fight back. You can't um, diss somebody back in rehab. You you can't. So, this is somebody. What I understand that part, but I'm just I'm I'm coming from a point of okay, it's a diss, so you know anything goes. Say whatever you're gonna say, but uh, that whole uh, he he can't fight back. Um, he when Drake dropped the song, that man got out of rehab to tweet. So, obviously, he has some kind of access to something. Now, the thing about it is when somebody says something, when, when, when Kid Cudi went on his rant about uh, about all the rappers and he mentioned um, Drake, uh, Drake probably wrote what he wrote right then. The song came out when that man was in rehab, but he didn't know, when he wrote that, he didn't know he was going to rehab, though. And anyway, what was Kid Cudi going to do? What Kid Cudi is out now? I ain't heard no responses, so it's not like Kid Cudi is known for for bombing on nobody anyway. He wasn't going to – what would his be, uh, best response would have been? Drake wasn't lying. So – but anyway, uh, people t- people um, had a problem with Drake saying what he said, but they don't have a problem with Kanye with, – with Cole saying what he said about Kanye. Do you feel like somebody needs to be – say that they're mentally ill for it to be – for people to recognize it? Yes, I do. If you could tell? Yeah, no. No, not if I could tell. Because if somebody just, like, Kanye been saying, like, just crazy stuff for a long time. And I wouldn't have necessarily said before, like, you know, him saying George Bush don't care about black people and stuff like that. Like, he he would be saying this stuff and people would be like, whoa. But I wouldn't say he was mentally ill from saying that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say he was mentally ill by getting up one, which he probably was at that point. It was probably drugs, you know, getting up at the Video Music Awards and and, and snatching um, the mic from Taylor Swift. I wouldn't say he was mentally ill then. So I would just say that's somebody that speaks his mind. And at that point, I felt like he was telling the truth. You know, he was just speaking his truth. Now he's saying a lot of things that people don't like, but that's still his. That's his truth. So I feel like, yeah, you should, if, if you are, if you are mentally ill, I don't think that people should ease up on you unless you say, okay, I'm mentally ill. And even then, okay, well, you, you step in a, you step in an arena like that, then people got the right to go at you. I don't have a problem with people talking about, if you rapping, I don't care. That's what I'm it's saying. No, but I, what yeah. I'm saying is I don't think you have to say you're mentally ill for people to uh, recognize it though. Like you could tell when some, somebody is, is, is going through some stuff and right now, Everybody sees that Kanye is going through something. They're not tripping on J. Cole. Now, another person that I don't like that people tripped on that has been going through something is Lil Wayne. And I had the episode about it um, a couple weeks ago, episode three. We are not the same. I am a Martian. I don't, I don't, I'm not feeling how people go in on Wayne because he says something stupid. Now, we can all recognize that he says something stupid, right? But we also, if we've been, you're not going to lie and say you wasn't a Wayne fan. So don't even, don't, don't listen to this podcast and lie and say, unless you're over 45. I'm not believing you if you say he wasn't a Wayne fan. When Wayne, when Wayne was, was, was talking about I feel like dying in 2007, we knew something was going on with Wayne. He went from, he went from Carter II dropping to the I feel like dying stuff the next year. Wayne's whole thing changed. After, man, everybody know right, Wayne pretty much was raised by a dude, Birdman, who said he had been in the street since he was six years old because he was abandoned. Mm-hmm. That's who raised Lil Wayne. Now, this dude, Birdman, is mentally, everything's going on with Birdman. 
he raised Wayne. So you know this guy is inherit he inherited all that foolishness from Birdman. Wayne even talked publicly about how Bert how they had on um, when he was a little kid, how they had some girl give him head. Some some adult woman give him head when he was a kid. They forced it. They yeah, forced they for they head. forced it. So that, that like and then when that came out, it was it was almost like joked and brushed over. Like the the boy he was a kid and they made the woman give him oral sex. So Wayne being somebody who I think is is at the top of the list of people who need help. Okay. Which and, and people people when he said something we didn't like. Man, they said everything in the world about Lil Wayne. They didn't say, "Oh, he's mentally ill," because okay. he never said he was depressed. Now you can't you you can't have uh, some sympathy for some understanding that Wayne is like effed up and on drugs and all that. He said, "What he said?" Um, he said a lot of stuff because he said Black Lives Matter before. Then he said he didn't know what Black Lives Matter was and why. Why does it have that name? He said the only thing in my, uh, I, my life mattered. Okay. So. You you want us to have you feel like everybody people should have sympathy without people saying um, that they're mentally ill coming out and just saying they're mentally ill right? You no think that we no no not that they should have sympathy. Don't have sympathy for Kid Cudi if you ain't got sympathy for all rappers. If, okay, if so everything you don't is have a go, sympathy for any of. Do I you have sympathy for Lil Wayne? I got sympathy, but if you got something to say about somebody, say it. I'm all for that. Okay, so why didn't you have that same sympathy with Trick Daddy? Who? You, you were you. You said, "Oh, he's a whole, uh, a whole slave, and he just, uh, I don't die. He dead. Like he out here talking about black women like that. You talk bad about Trick Daddy." I said, "Say what you gotta say. That's say how what I you feel. gotta say, right?" But I got sympathy so, for his for his issues, though. What's what issue do you have sympathy? S for? Trick Daddy grew up in the house with men in and out. With his mom was a prostitute. I got sympathy for that. I said, "Say what you gotta say right. about somebody so with issues." That mean you need to. You got on. The internet, you were talking about it. You were calling him a slave say and everything what you else. Gotta, I keep so, saying that. Okay, but why do you feel like people shouldn't say what they got to say? And they have been saying what they got to say about Lil Wayne. I'm saying. They have been saying what they I'm saying, saying about say Kanye it. West. Like, That's what I, you, you listening to what I'm saying. Say whatever you got to say about him, but don't make it seem like Drake can't say something about Kid Cudi, is what I'm saying. If, we, if we're talking about people with mental health issues, let's talk about them. But we still want them to get help. Mm -hmm. So just like we're going to gonna say what we're going to say about Kid Cudi, because you effed up, but bro, we still want you to go get help. We're going to say J. Cole like J. Cole did. We're going to say this piece about Kanye, but go get help. I'm going to say this thing about Wale, but go get help, Wale. I'm going to say this thing about Lil Wayne, but Wayne need help. That's how I feel. But I don't feel like nobody should bite their tongue about it. I don't think the whole internet should be in uproar about Kid Cudi. What? I, I don't even, like, where was these people out when Kid Cudi was dropping CDs? I think his last CD they, that he put out, the one that um, Andre 3000 said inspired him to get back and make more music, mm -hmm. sold so little that they, I, I can't even remember the number. It was some ridiculously low number, like some disrespectful low number. Where was all these people at that's trying to fight Drake about Kid Cudi? People doing radio interviews, famous people doing radio interviews saying Drake owes his whole career to Kid Cudi. Man, come on, yo. So that's that's what I wanted to say about that. And this mental health conversation is big. Now, if you see these million these millionaires, these mega millionaires dealing with these issues, let's get in the moonlight. Let's get in the moonlight. Hmm? What you feel about how you feel about moonlight? I about feel like movie? moonlight. Now you talk about some mental health issues. Y'all need to go see Moonlight. I'm going to tell you the whole movie right now because this movie is wild style. I still want y'all to go see it, though, if you can. Moonlight is, whoa, man. So I didn't know what to expect. You think people should really go see it? You, you, you think it was, 
Like that? Was good? Like you, yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. I think the movie was good. Now, the thing about it is it, I didn't get a warning. Now, to <laughs> me, um, <clears throat> I'm a heterosexual male. So, I'm, but I'm in podcasting and I'm trying to be, I'm trying to like get catch up with the times. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't feel like I should just be the way I was when I grew up, which is, which is, let's just, let's just discriminate against and talk crazy about gay people just because they're gay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm trying, I'm, I'm past that. I'm not, I'm an adult now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I can't keep, and when I, when I'm not even that old, 26, when I was growing up, that was 100% acceptable. You could do that. You could say anything about a gay person for being gay. Right. So we talking what? Not even not even that long ago, two, eight years ago, two thousand eight. You could say anything still. You feel me? Yeah. So um so yeah, go see Moonlight. There is some gay activity in it, but it's a good movie though because y'all need to see how kids is growing. Like it's a good story about how kids growing up. I wouldn't even say a gay kid growing up because this boy had other issues in his life. Yeah, there's lots of. What was his name? Um, his name, Sharon. His name was Sharon. Sharon, and he had man. First of all, when I first started seeing the when the movie first came on, I'm just thinking he was depressed because of his home situation. What you think? What you think? Um, I th- when you first when it first came on, what did you think about him? Well, when it first came on, well, I I heard uh, people talk about it that went to the movies and saw it. Um, I thought you know it was the same story. It was a popular story. Little child, a drug addicted mom, no dad, um, in the hood, on the, living on the projects. In Miami. In Miami, in Liberty City. Um, and I mean, that's what I thought at first. That's what I saw. But I did see that the boy was um, really quiet, really reserved. Um, and I, I understand that. Like a lot of times, kids that go through that much with their parents and, and things like that, they, they tend to be kind of quiet and standoffish they don't really say much um because and he just seems so depressed and so sad so early um on in his life and he also seemed like a child like the way she was talking to him well his mother was talking to him kind of like okay you can fend for yourself um you usually he he's usually able to do for himself like you know pretty much making the young black boy the man of the house um too soon Things like that. So I saw that, but um, in the first uh, part of the movie. I didn't even see. I, I didn't get she made him the man in the house. I think she made him. I didn't think she still treated him like a kid. She didn't let him do what he wanted in the house. Well, no, not in the tri- house, but you heard what she said when, well, she said something to um a guy that brought him home after he had left and he had been gone for a whole night. And she said, hey, he's usually good on his own. You know, he's usually. You know, not getting into trouble. He usually good on his own. So it was kind of like, you you know, if anybody's kid, I know mine. Mine was going for a day, a night. I would have, you know, Amber Alerts and everything else going on. And I wouldn't, she didn't even call the police. She just said he's usually good on his own. Yeah. All right. So let me, uh, let's get into what the hell was going on. Because y'all might be confused if you didn't see the movie. So this young boy, Sharon, he was young. He was quiet. He was. He always had his head down. He just. You could tell he had a lot of um, self-esteem issues, mm-hmm. right? He didn't have high self-worth, self-worth, and the way people talked to him made it worse. Mm-hmm. People, his mother, she didn't really treat him like a like a human too too much. Uh, what do you mean she didn't treat him like a human? She didn't treat him like a human. She just treated him like like some somebody to tell what to do. 
and not like what's going well, on. Most people you. treat their children like that. No, they don't because they know what's going on. That boy's head, like, so they made it a point to show that Sharon, his head was always down. Right. It's like he hated life or something. She, like a mother, most of the time, they'll, they'll make you like, yo, look up. Stop looking down all the time. It's depressing to even look like that is depressing. For other people to see somebody like that is depressing. His mom paid no attention to that. It's like she didn't care. Um, his mom was on crack, though. So his mother was on crack. He, there was no dad in the house. So this boy lived in a depressed state. But he had people picking on him at school also. Mm-hmm. Now, when I, like I said, I didn't see, I didn't understand what was going on. When I first started watching the movie, I was thinking people picked on him because he was weird. He was quiet. He wore the same clothes all the time. Mm-hmm. Comes to find out they were picking on him because they thought he was gay. They were calling him faggot and stuff like that. And, and they, they just thought he was gay. So they were picking on him for it. <clears throat> I didn't notice that until he got older. They they skipped to an older scene, and it was like uh, some some boy in class was picking on him. Mm-hmm. You know, listen, this 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 uh boy Sharon man, he had so many things like layers and layers of issues, man. And the, the homosexuality, it's not like an issue. It it's wasn't the, even the top issue, of the list. It the wasn't. issue that's not an issue. The issue is that he felt like he couldn't be gay, I guess. I don't know if he, he never really I don't ran think he from ca- his I don't, gayness, though. I don't think it was the gay just didn't thing. Know I think he, was he just, gay or something. he didn't understand. I think he just didn't understand what he was feeling um, sexually. I think, and like I said, I don't know if I told you this, but I've seen guys in like situations, like crazy situations like that with, you know, their parents and, um, you know, having drug addicted moms and stuff like that. And you said you didn't understand it, but I've seen those kind of kids that that grow up, and they don't. The last thing on their mind is a woman, or is is sexual anything, or having sex with a woman. So I've seen them get to high school and not care at all about you know being with a woman, and I feel like that was where he was at. He didn't care about girls. He didn't care about guys. I feel like he just the first sexual encounter he ever had was with a guy that he that made him feel like that he ca- they, he cared about him in the beginning of the movie. That was his first friend. So I feel like that part, it wasn't him. That wasn't him being gay or, well, I mean, obviously he was gay, but I feel like it was just saying, okay, this guy has so much going on in his life. To the la- like, he's not thinking about a woman. He's not thinking about a guy. He just wants love. He wants some kind of, somebody to care for him and the first person was a guy. See, that's what that that goes into the thing of people aren't born gay though. And I don't think you somebody could just come up on you and you don't have any orientation and then you just pick one cuz this person touched you first. Cuz saying like it was he was something nothing, in him. I'm not saying people can't be born gay at all. I'm sure you, they can. But I'm saying that specific they, situation. They, they, they if can, you they if you was nothing, you was flat uh, not flat line, but like if you just had you didn't teeter either way, uh straight or gay. And then one day you at a beach and what happened is this guy jacked him off, masturbated him. Okay. You know, that it was like people was in the theater. You should have heard this old lady behind the show. <laughs> she, was, she was saying the funniest shit. She was old black the lady. The wildest stuff. You know, she she, probably, I don't think she understood that this movie was about. She was an old black lady. Old black ladies don't be with the shits. Yeah, they don't care. All right, so old people, period. But old <laughs> listen, this woman was back there heckling. She was right behind us, too, directly behind Jesus. us. She was like talking out loud. Screaming like, at the TV. It was like yeah, Donald I mean, Trump when movie. Hillary was talking. 
and he would say wrong. That lady would keep saying gay. gay. Like gay. what? Like, she just ma'am, kept saying this that is she... about a gay man. Like, calm down. Yeah, so um, this this guy, he had this encounter with this dude, which was his friend, like best friend since they was little. They were little, right. And, um, man, y'all got to go see this movie. I can't even really, because the shit is still kind of crazy to me. But it's I wanted crazy. to really get into I'm... it, like, from a, from a mental health standpoint, as to how people can either help somebody that they know or, like, how you even recognize it. Because when you a kid, as kids, interacting with kids, they're not thinking about it like that. They don't think about it, oh, he might have issue, mental health issues, so let me not pick on him today. People was getting well, messed with all the time. Like, it's nonstop. And then by the time somebody's an adult and they're trying to they navigate the up. dating world, they already gone. Like, they already messed up. They can be helped, but then at that point, they got to help themselves. So, like, I think the movie's so good because it shows, um, like, like what, a, what, a, what a young boy is going through living in a situation like that. I could say a young child, but they don't, really don't have too many um, girls in a movie. Right. Like, as far as, like, main characters, they have Janelle Monae's in it and then the boy's mom. But really, there's no young girls in it, though. So it's all boys, pretty much. So I'm going to just say it's showing the story of the young boys. You even got the bully side of the story. They have jail in there. They don't glorify drug dealing because the big drug dealer that y'all call Cottonmouth, but his name is what? Um, Marshall Ali. Okay. Uh, him, the one that played Cottonmouth and Luke Cage. Him, Remy he, and House of Cards. He was a big drug dealer. He died early. So, like, I'm sorry if I told y'all the movie. He died early, though, just in case you was going to see it and you didn't know he was going to die. He died. <laughs> but, uh. Oh Listen, go see it anyway because it's a good story. It is a good story. Me telling you about it can't show you the cinematic masterpiece that this movie is. I think it was shot great, and I think it was low budget. It so was I think pretty. It, was, it, it looked very yeah, nice. It was low budget, so I think it's even better the way they was able to uh, bring it out on screen. And, like, it's almost like I know a lot of y'all probably, some of the um, some of, some of my listeners, y'all probably uh, uh, straight men, and y'all feel like, nah, I can't watch that gay stuff. Listen, man. Watch the movie, yo. Just watch it, cause it's it's more than that. They got it's they a got lot like more. yeah, they that's, got like they got one like one thing, gay you know? scene, one gay one gay scene in the movie, man. Don't run from it. Watch this movie. It's a good movie. They don't have a white face in this movie. Now, if you can't get behind that, no pun intended. If you can't get behind that, <laughs> y'all listen, man. Not saying that we we don't discriminate against white faces, but what I'm saying, there've been so many movies without black faces. It's 2016, and we make a movies that they don't even have a white extra in the movie. The teacher was black. The police officers was black. Mm-hmm. Everybody was black in this movie. Yes. The they didn't even have. They didn't black, even have that everything. random. They didn't even have that. Yup. The principal of the school was black. Yeah. I they don't think I have, saw a black kid. Well, I mean, they I didn't mean, even the have that random. City, they didn't Liberty even have city, that Miami, random. They didn't even have that random white fiend. Cause you know, normally they like to throw a white fiend in the movie with mm-hmm. fiends. You know what I'm saying? They didn't even have that. It was a good movie for a low budget. I think with low budget, if you put low budget versus low budget this year, Moonlight is better than The Birth of a Nation. I do too. Moonlight is way better than The Birth of a Nation, actually. Y'all go watch both movies because I know y'all didn't see both because I know the numbers. <laughs> y'all didn't see either probably. Go watch <laughs> these movies, man. Don't run from that. We need to figure out this mental health thing because if these million-dollar rappers, millionaire rappers, are outright saying... Uh, uh, we need help or, or all this stuff is going on. What do you think is going on in the mind of this young boy who grows up? He, he, uh, he's he got no love. He's no dad. His mom is a crackhead. 
and stealing from him, <clears throat> taking his money. Yeah, taking stuff, making him give her. He had no money. Somebody was giving him money. She would take the money somebody would give him to buy drugs. Right. She, uh, he would come home from school. She'll tell him, you can't be here tonight. I got company coming over and make him leave. Like this, so boy, and this is the thing. This is a movie. It's a traumatic, dramatic movie, but people really live like that. That's true. There's a lot of people actually living like that I every day. I saw some people uh, not liking the fact that they had a woman, a mother on drugs and stuff like that. But I really feel like they, I mean, it happens. It it happens so much in our community. So I don't understand why people have such a problem with um, seeing it. But they did show, you know, his mom being on drugs. But they also showed in the beginning that his mom was on drugs. She was, she had a, uh, a job at first. Didn't, didn't she have like a job? She had like scrubs on or something like that. But they showed a lot of different layers in all of the characters, like one the guy being a drug dealer, but just you know treating Sharon uh, so good. You know he he treated him very well even after Sharon pretty much came out, not came out, but said things about being gay he treated him i feel like very well so yeah man um mental health big issue they have the the kids like listen a lot of y'all i have a lot of um people that listen or not that i have a lot of people listen i have billions (laughs) of people listen but a lot of the people that do listen are are black and from ghettos and hoods or whatever right Mm -hmm. and one thing y'all need to know is like I told y'all with the with the um, Chicago episode, it is not normal for people to get shot every day. The mm-hmm. niggas get shot every day. B. The mindset behind that is a mindset that's that that um, is founded in, or the foundation uh, 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 of that is PTSD. The fact that you can normalize people getting shot every day is not regular. All right. So um, something we need to. I mean. I'm, I'm going to have to figure out a way that we can help people out with, with mental issues. Now, even I dealt with something. Not dealt with something. Deal with things, right? I, I When I came, I'll just tell you a brief thing. When I came back from Afghanistan, I started spiraling out of control. Everybody telling me, yo, you need to chill. You're drinking too much. You're doing X, Y, Z. I will fast forward this story. 2012 was the reckless year that this all happened. Fast forward the story. Uh... I get in trouble, get arrested, go to prison, get kicked out the Navy. All of this crazy stuff happened because I didn't understand that I needed to go ask for help. You feel me? I'm thinking like, uh, uh, not even thinking like punks go to psychologists, but I was just thinking like, why would I go to psychologists? I don't need them to tell me anything. But when I finally did go, it was too late. I was already, I was already gone. I won't tell the details of the story, but what I'm saying is, y'all knowing that people, uh, seeing people get shot, or, or acting like somebody else is weird because they never seen a dead body. It's not normal that you've seen a dead body before mm-hmm. or, or somebody shot on the street. That's not normal. Don't make that seem normal. Do not normalize black death. That's the problem. That's why we were born with PTSD because everything we've seen, our ancestors seen, is in us. We, we remember it. So we got to stop normalizing it. This is why I say we got to stop watching these police killings. Stop watching them on repeat like that. Don't keep watching it to find new facts. Oh, no, that gun wasn't right there. Or, no, his hands was up. Or, no, his hands was pinned down. Like, stop watching it to figure it out. Because all you're doing is telling your brain this death is a normal thing. Your brain, is, I mean, your, your brain, your subconscious mind, it doesn't know why you're watching the movie or watching that video. It just knows that it keeps on seeing this black person get shot. That's all it knows. That's the only thing your brain knows. That's the only thing... 
the spirit knows, the DNA knows. It's, it's taking it in. It's, you, it's not like you forgot what the Philando Castile shooting looked like. You didn't forget Michael Brown's body laying in the street. You don't forget that not, that um, 911 call you heard of Trayvon Martin getting shot. You don't forget that. It's still in you. So even as I probably just mentioned it, you probably just remembered it. The Alton Sterling, <clears throat> all of that stuff. Or, or uh, what's my man's name? Eric Garner mm -hmm. got choked out on the street and died saying he couldn't breathe. So we have to stop normalizing it. All of this stuff is contributing to our poor mental health state. There's a lot of people with mental health issues, but black people as a whole have an issue, I would say, more than other people because we feel like there's something wrong with admitting that we have right. mental health issues. We tie that to things that it shouldn't be tied to. Weakness is not weakness and mental health don't belong in the same sense. Right, that's true. That's the biggest thing. We just don't want to tell people something's wrong. It's even when a child has been violated, and they tell an older family member, that older family member a lot of times is telling that child, "Don't say nothing" or "Stop saying that" or whatever they're saying. It's just a, a total breakdown of people and the breakdown of mental um, the mental structure. And stop trying to pray everything away like that. It does not work. Like that, I'm sorry. I'm a firm believer. I have in God. I have faith. I pray, but there are problems. When people have problems, it's okay to go get help. It's okay to go get therapy. Just praying it away. It's, that, that's not. That doesn't help. Like I mean, faith without works is, is nothing. So you you need to do something about it. Do something about your mental health. That's our problem as, like, I feel like a community, we're so busy, like, praying about it and doing this and doing that. Like, and sometimes you got to leave people be, like, this guy being gay. I've heard older people in my family, I have a, a gay cousin, and they've said, oh, we just got to pray for him. Pray for him about what? Hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what? pray for him about what? He's gay. Okay, he's gay. So that's just, black people got to think, you know, just think about your health. Don't don't just think everything is gonna be the Bible is gonna change everything about about everything because if that was the case then we wouldn't be going through some of the things that we've been going through forever. That's a fact. That's a fact. I would say because I had one of my homeboys from back home that I went to high school with. Man, he hit me up. What's popping, guy? You know who you are if you listen. Uh, his name is not guy. I just say guy because I'm not gonna say his name. Anyway, he hit me up and asked me um, how did I help myself get through the mental di uh, issues I was dealing with. And I told him, actually, um, I told him I had to take time. I didn't, it wasn't an option of mine. I was sitting in a cage. I didn't have a choice. But I found the first step is, excuse me, find out what is your issue. Find out what and why. Don't just try to do, people try to jump straight to therapy when they don't, they don't know what they're rehabbing. How can you go, in, how can you go into something um, when you don't know what the, it, it, you try to fix something where you don't know what the problem is. So what I mean by that is to say, some people just pick up new hobbies. They say, oh, crocheting, it helps me relax. That doesn't, that won't help you with what your issue is though. Yeah, you might be relaxed right now, but what about your problems that you don't, that you keep internalizing and you're not getting rid of or that you don't know how to handle? So the first thing I had to do, I had a book called Attached that Shay got me when I was gone. I read that, so I, I noticed that I had um, I was dealing with uh, what was um, it I was dealing with the um, 
They're, they have three types of people in relationship. Avoiders, uh, um, anxious, and secure. You were I wasn't secure. I, at that time, I was an avoider. But I, I know that I'm really an attached. I mean, I'm an anxious person, though. But at mm. that time, at that time, I was, and I'm still working on myself, but I know that naturally I, I, um, I, I'm more in tune with the anxious relationship type. And I want to get secure. I want to get to the point of being secure, right? right? But at that time, I was dealing with the avoidance thing, meaning I was pretty much just like a rock, being like in a relationship with a rock. So that was the first thing I had to find out about myself. Then I had this book called... Uh, I think it was called personality disorders. I don't know if that was the title of it, but <laughs> Did that I was get you that book too? probably. Um, I, I think <laughs> that was what it was. I found myself in there too, and I was like, "Yo, I'm like a sociopath." Mm-hmm. So pretty much, like, I, that was when I when you when you actually read what's wrong with you and you read symptoms of it, you like, man, I don't want to be that. Yeah. So then you have to figure out ways to get away from whatever that thing is. Now I'm just recommending that to y'all because I didn't have a therapist. That's how I had to, and I had 24 hours a day to myself. Cause like I said, I was in there. Y'all like y- y'all don't have that kind of time, so you have to do what you have to do. I'm just telling you how I did it. First step for me was to figure out who I was. I didn't know what the hell I was. I didn't know, you know. I had self-diagnosed. A doctor right. can't tell me about me better than I could tell me, cause I know everything that I won't tell a doctor. You understand? So these these book you have to go in these books yeah, these those medical- two books were really good books they yeah they really was good books. it was a good book you can find yourself in the you, you one of your if you have issues man just don't run from it you're in one of those books trust me right you, you if you're a combination of a few things it might be a combination but you're in the book somewhere trust me but see that like sometimes and sometimes you don't even know what you are like even after reading that book i i was under the impression that i was an anxious uh type in the book an anxious person in the relationship but then as I'm you know growing and getting older and thinking about the past I feel like I could be very much you know an avoider you are in you know a lot of relationships so it's just we got we have so many layers you know we're we're complex people so it's important to just you know take time for yourself, which I need to do the same thing. I'm just saying it to you guys, but I definitely need to learn to take. Shay needs to do it. Time, and I learn mean, I, myself you know. because I feel like I would be a totally different person had I not um, went through some of the things that I went through. Yep. So, yeah. And I tell Shay all the time, man, let's get it together. But this is the thing, um, that like I would say, the biggest issue is. People not wanting to admit that something is wrong. When you when we say admit that something is wrong, it doesn't mean go make a proclamation. It does not mean make a speech. It doesn't mean make a Facebook post and tell the world your business. <laughs> yeah. It means just tell yourself, I got an issue with this. It's easy for people to do it when it comes to eating and things like, oh, I need to lose weight. They'll tell themselves stuff like that because mm-hmm. it's easier to say. It's not easy to say something is wrong with my brain, though, because we hang everything that we value in our brain. So we don't want to think that it's wrong, that something is wrong with it. Well, you, really, I feel like that's the easiest thing to see. Like, because I know, you know, walking around, doing things, I'm at work. I know the things that go on in my head. It's just not normal. Like, somebody could probably ask me, you know, how I'm doing. And the the correct response really would be, I'm going crazy. Like, my, I'm really crazy. Like, I'm feeling like everything about me is is all over the place. So, you know, you know what I mean? Like when you're stressed, you know, when you, 
your head is in all these different places like you know and it's just just be honest with yourself like what you're going what you're going through we've been being told that what we've been going through is normal or people got it worse than us or all these different i've been hearing that all my life like there's always somebody that that probably was i need to get a t-shirt like there's always somebody that got it worse than you and we got to stop that. Like, it's not a competition. Like, whose life can be more effed up than the other? Mm-hmm. Whose city can be the murder capital? Mm-hmm. And, you know, well, we had 60, you know, I, I had a cousin uh, that called me. Oh, yeah, uh, we. it was just another murder down here. And, and it sounded like she was bragging. Like, what, what, are you, what are you bragging about that? Like, that's sad. We shouldn't strive for that. So. It is. It's a fact. It really is sad. Like. That's the part, like that's the problem with us as black people. Like, oh, this person had it so hard, and blah blah blah, and you know, it's just we got to get our elders in tune with the he- like, yo, they didn't grow up in the era that we grew up in, so they feel like, hey, it wasn't it, y'all don't y'all don't got it as bad as the civil rights. It, it's we not even complaining about what white people did to us. We talking about the community that. We in around black people. Most of us wasn't even around white people. When we were really kids. talking about our families. Exactly. Like, that's we're what's about, going on. We're them. talking about uh, direct people we directly descend from, either on drugs or just ignoring, or just out here got us just doing stuff on our own, and we making bad decisions because we ain't had a proper guidance, no good leadership in our own gender. Like it's easy. It's a lot of women are have been around for men. But we needed the the man to be around like that. Now I had my people around, but it was more like a, I had like a tough love thing growing up. Mm-hmm. It was almost like a, cause I used to be real emotional. They made they got that up out of me real early, and I say got that up out of me like it, they was fixing me. But no, they was just toughening me up to be a responsible person so that I could take care of business. Which I'm very good at taking care of business. I'm not as good as being considerate to people's emotions though. And that's how a lot of men are. Exactly. And it, yeah, that's like how a lot of men are. So because because people harden us and make us think the only thing that matters is responsibility, and emotions don't matter at all. Which I mean, I'm not here to to uh, preach to y'all about this. But one thing you need to know is, if you grew up in an area and you ever and, and, and you know friends that have been killed, that's a way to to um, formulate PTSD, man. You got a friend that was killed. You probably got PTSD. You don't don't compare your life to somebody who was gang banging or somebody who went to Afghanistan and lost limbs. Their life has nothing to do with you. Mm-mm. Look at your life. If what happened in your life bothered you, you probably need to fix. Uh, you know, get yourself mm-hmm. together, tighten up. Don't like she like like Shay just said that the whole line of people got it worse. It's terrible. That's a terrible That's line, the and worst it destroys. Line ever. It just, it makes people feel bad that they have issues. And it almost makes you feel like, why am I complaining? Exactly. You know, not like, why do I feel bad? I mean, hey, I got one parent. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, you might right, say right. something like that. That's like, how I used to feel like, oh, know? oh, at least my, at least I know my dad. I knew people yeah, that didn't know see, my, that, know they dad at all. So I'm like, at least, at least mine is around. But even my dad, my dad, we um talked to him. He said like, yo, he recognized that he didn't do everything exactly the right way, but he was there though. That's I learned, <laughs> I learned a lot from just because just seeing people that don't have it at all. I appreciated what I did have, but I still was made tough though. So it made it so that then when I get older, when I deal with women like Shay, she got a t- she was having to tell me a lot. You're inconsiderate, and it wasn't inconsiderate because like I wouldn't handle. I I'll be like, man, I'm paying all these bills, but it's like it's not about that though. It's not about handling responsibilities. It's about 
thinking about the emotions of other people. You can't just get through world with money. That's not the only way to live. And that's a big deal. Like, I I think I've told you that plenty of times. Like, okay, being a really, you would say that all the time. Oh, I'm I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And now that's a fact. I understand that. All physical I've never, ever had a complaint about, you know, you in the aspect of, of handling responsibilities, money, bills, things like that. But like you said, it was for a while, it was like being in a relationship with the rock, mm-hmm. you know, and then me being a person, the person that I am, you know, and what I've been through, it's like, okay, I feel like I, I need, I need a lot of support. I need a lot of attention and being in a relationship with somebody that, that can't even, that doesn't do that. It doesn't do anything, but go, go to work, pay bills and, you know, come home and not give you any attention or anything like that's that's just cause for destruction and it is it's a fact it's a fact and we all working on it so i'm gonna come on i come on here and talk to you about what i went through so that you can admit to yourself don't tell you admitting is not like i said it's not telling yeah, other people it's about business it's about telling it to <laughs> yourself tell it to yourself i have a problem they say the first st- or what do they say step is admitting. first step is admitting yeah so and I don't know why I'm acting like I don't know, because like I said, I was going through things. I was actually in NA program, drug programs, and all that stuff. So it wasn't for drug; it was alcohol. But I mean, substance abuse programs. Don't act. Like, alcohol is a drug too. Let's, you know. Anyway, <clears throat> what we trying to get y'all to see is, or realize, or work on, is your own personal mental health, man. Right. If you if you just leave and you just think, oh, I'm just going to go to my therapist because you have the money to afford a therapist, everything is going to work itself out. No, it's not. You still need to work on yourself with yourself. The therapist can't help you. What therapists do is ask you to talk, let you talk, ask you questions, and get you to figure out what's wrong with yourself. Therapists don't bring you in and tell you what's wrong with you. They bring you in and let you find your, let you figure it out. So you're paying them 200 whatever you pay, a buck 50 an hour to talk to yourself. And that's not a bad idea. And I don't want anybody to think that that's a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. But I'm just saying that's a what a lot of doing. people don't have a lot of time, you know, to just sit around and think about it or sit with themselves. You know, we got jobs, we got kids, we got school, we got a lot of stuff we got to do. So if you do have the money to, to go to a therapist and, you know, you feel like that can help you, definitely go. and. Definitely. and I'm cheap, so probably don't listen to what I'm saying about any of this. <laughs> I just go get books and learn it. But I'm very, very, very... Very, very cheap. I'm up there with like Jason Pitts and um Yeah, you're pretty cheap. And uh what's my man name? Terry Cruz on everybody, um Julius. Julius. Everybody hates Chris. <laughs> I'm a, I'm like I'm like a mixture, you know what I'm saying? I'm cheap. I watch every number, you know. I'm the type I turn the um the, the heat and air conditioner on and off at separate <laughs> hours certain hours so that it, you know, save money. I'm yes. weird. Um but <clears throat> so yeah, go get the help however you need to get it. But the first step is tell yourself I need help. Now, for y'all who don't live in these kind of situations, these adverse living conditions, just calibrate yourself. Make sure nothing is wrong with you. Talk to yourself. Go down, Make and a list of things that you would like to be and say, am I there? And then work on it if you're not there. And try to be compassionate to people, uh, you know, well, you know, empathetic to people who are going through those situations. Like everything, everybody doesn't have it great you know everybody don't have it all good Mm -hmm. people in some real messed up situations like Mm -hmm. so just try to be empathetic like uh to people Mm -hmm. listen to more yo listen cranes in the sky man weary and mad you can have that three song rotation right there 
you'll fig- you'll find some things out about <laughs> yourself. When you when you hit cranes in the sky, it's gonna be like, oh snap! It makes sense now. It makes sense. It takes more than just these superficial things to get past some issues. It makes sense. You gotta listen. Go listen to Solange and seat at the table. I know I had that CD rank eighth, but it's a great CD, man. It's a great CD. It is. You know, I'm just more of a rap fan than anything. So, you know, it's going to be hard for R&B to penetrate my um, charts. Charts, But uh, a seat at the table, man, that is, that's like, that's the CD you need to live. For this conversation we having right now, just have, just have it in the background, as a matter of fact. You are now listening to, no, I'm playing. <laughs> All right, so we got anything else to tell? Go, go find yourself, fix yourself, man. Right. Anything else? And care for each other. Care. Everybody sh- show love to each show other. Show love. <laughs> it's important. It's so. important. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> All right, man. Peace out, y'all. All right.